Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Welcome to the Gospel for Life. Unfortunately, we do not have Josh Bales with us in the studio this morning, but thankfully, both Jonathan and Phil are here with me. So, gentlemen, how are you guys? Doing really well. Uh, glad to be here. Uh, Missing Jonathan, but we can. This means that we wait, can talk wait, about it. I'm, I'm right across the table here. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, missing Josh, but we can talk about him in his absence. That's right. That's well. That's okay. I'm just on the other side of the table, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm loving it. I'm loving the. I'm loving the times that we live in here. Yes, we are entering into Advent season, and I know that there's a whole range of, of feelings about um, Advent and whether we as Christians should pause and reflect upon the birth of Jesus Christ at a certain time of the year, whether we as Christians should celebrate Christmas or not. Um, I'm in the room with gentlemen that believe it's okay to celebrate Christmas and participate in an Advent more season. Than, more than okay. I mean, I think that we're, uh, we anticipate it and we look forward to uh, the season. We think there ought to be some time during the year when you talk about the incarnation, the birth of Christ, and what better time than uh, to do that when the rest of the world is talking about it as well? Yeah, it, it was in the early centuries of the church, uh, second century, third century, fourth century, that the um, the Christian church began to e- evolve, and we don't know exactly when it began and exactly who started it, but... Um, it was in the early centuries of the church that uh, they came up with the idea of reviewing the gospel, re- reviewing the great events of the gospel, um, the anticipation of the of the birth of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, his ministry, his death on the cross, his resurrection, victory, um, his ascension, uh, the the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the early church, the the. I, I think it's genius mm-hmm. to review these great events of the gospel every year in a in a yearly cycle. Um, I I know that some there there are some that object to that because you can't find this calendar anywhere in Scripture mm-hmm. that says you got to celebrate the birth of Jesus. But we do in find December. calendars in the Old Testament, particularly. We find a sure. A, 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 a review of these great historic redemptive truths. And so that's one of the reasons. I think that, you know, one of the things that has affected uh, people in their, and maybe saying, oh, maybe it's not December 25th, does it really matter? But uh, the early church actually um, quite early on had set the date of uh, Jesus' death. And there was some consideration in the early church that, he actually died, uh, you know, on the same day he was conceived or born, and so 
that so they work back nine months from there, and that's one of the reasons why we were at uh, December twenty fifth because they're working back from a um, March twenty fifth date. Mm-hmm. It's um, I'm going to give you a history that you don't really care about, but I just can't help myself. So the reason why I bring it up that there is this this difference of opinion is, and we all in the room here come from reform traditions. Um, but the reform tradition actually has two streams. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the continental reform, those that were on the continent of Europe proper, and then there was the the, the Presbyterians that came from Scotland, and they disagreed on the issue of Advent, Christmas, calendars. So the continental reform, where the Dutch reform tradition came out of, um, were as Jonathan would say, more than okay with having um, celebrations of, of Christ's birth and death and as part of the ongoing calendar. The Presbyterian brothers were not okay um, with that. Now, Phil comes out of that stream, but the Presbyterians have not universally held to right. um, what they originally kind of held to. And so now you have more diversity within the Presbyterian tradition. But I was in a church once where my pastor actually said that, and and this is an exact quote, Christmas is a stench in God's nostrils, I believe was his exact quote. Um, So he most definitely has embraced the historic Presbyterian um, position, um, but that is not held by that many people um, of today, so. yeah, yeah, and as I, as I said earlier, I, I think it's genius <clears throat> to review the life and ministry, the great events, the great saving events of the gospel. Um, it, it's pure genius to review these events in a yearly cycle. And the fact of the matter is, whether we whether Jesus was born on on December twenty fifth or a different date, it, it and to me it doesn't really matter because I do know he was born. Yes. And since the world is is pausing at least in general terms to celebrate Christmas, not necessarily the birth of Jesus Christ, but it is associated with that. I'm going to take this opportunity with my own family to hopefully focus their attention on well what. What really did, why are we celebrating Christmas? Mm-hmm. What is there mm-hmm. to celebrate? What did Jesus Christ come to do? Um, and That's a so, good point. You know, you're talking about the history of Jesus, whether and what day was he born on. It's not as significant as the fact that we're saying that he's a historical figure. Mm-hmm. And, and you open up the Gospels and you start with Matthew and it begins with the genealogy or in, in Luke, what is it, Luke 3 or Luke 2? Luke 3, uh, you have the genealogy of Jesus again, you know, rooting him as a historical figure uh, with these descendants. And this is why we've always made it a practice, not in a in a legalistic, you have to do this type of way, and if you don't do this, then you're a bad Christian, but we've always used Advent devotionals during the month of December mm-hmm. to help, hopefully our family at least, pause and say, why was why was it necessary that Jesus was born? Mm-hmm. I think that we what all, did he accomplish? Yeah, we all enjoy tradition, and um, to some degree, we establish traditions within our own families. Uh, we enjoy that tradition, and you know it is there is something about 
you know, a tradition. You need to be careful how you do it the first time because that's the way you're going to always do it, as it was in the beginning, as mm-hmm. now and ever shall be. Yep. But, uh, you know, by doing that Advent each year, we, we look forward to the, the time, like, like you said, this is genius. We're, we're going to talk about the incarnation of Jesus. We're going to talk about how he came in flesh to take on, uh, you know, to take our sins upon him. He came into the world uh, that we might be saved. So we're going to take some time to focus on those things. It's prophetically proclaimed in Scripture. It's anticipated. And then we have the realization as we come into the Gospels. Yeah. um, Advent, by the way, uh, the the word Advent simply means coming. Uh, We remember the first coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, We remember how long Israel had to wait in anticipation, we remember the prophecies. You know, uh, Isaiah is f- filled with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we remember the uh, the, the, prophe- the prophecies of the coming of the Messiah. And uh, but we also tra- traditionally in Advent, uh, we look forward to the second coming mm-hmm. of Christ. We we remember that Christ has come and will come again. Uh, in great power and glory, it's not going to be like the the first time, um, and that, and that's that puts us in that same spirit of those that waited for uh, his first coming. We understand that we we too are wondering when it's going to happen. We close with the with Maranatha, the very last words of the of Revelation: uh, "Come quickly, Lord Jesus." Right. You know that's. You know, we we already feel that. We're saying how long. We want to know when when that event on the calendar is going to come and take place, when when Christ comes in power and in glory. And mm-hmm. so Advent is a wonderful time to point our minds toward that end as well. And the ones that have that hope in them uh, of the appearance of the Lord, it says, purifies themselves you know, they, they, you know, we're going to see him as he is, yes. and and we're and we want to anticipate um, being uh, ready for his coming. You you said a word a moment ago that I think is the key word of Advent, and that's hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a hope that is anchored in the events of the life of of, of Jesus. Uh, as I said a minute ago, um, Christ has come and will come again. And uh, we can look back in history, and this is a this is a real event. It's not a fairy tale that Christ was born, uh, and uh, that uh, he was heralded uh, by angels, and uh, he he grew to manhood and went to the cross in our place, was raised in triumph over death. He ascended into heaven, where he's seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, and as we say in the creed. From there he shall come. Mm-hmm. From, thence From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. And uh, we uh, Adv- Advent, I think, is a time to rekindle our hope in Christ. Mm-hmm. And when I, I think um, both Jonathan and, and Phil and I know I do. We pause our normal preaching series and do Advent um, messages um, the four Sundays prior to to Christmas Day. Or um, I don't believe Josh does. I think Josh continues on in his regular preaching 
series. Um, but He'll to change. me, what's that? <laughs> He'll change. Yeah. Um, and we can, we can talk about that because he's not here. Um, but part of the reason why we do it is this is a wonderful time to really hone in on and and I know the brothers here with me do this anyway in their regular preaching, but this really gives us an explicit reason to hone in on the person and work of Jesus Christ, why he needed to come, what he accomplished, and always with an eye to his work is not done, he's coming again. Well, this is a pattern of discipleship, and our, our churches ought to be filling with people who have not heard the message as many times as we have, and and you know the you know uh, there was that little hymn I love to tell the story and it and and it one of the lines in it to those that know it best you know because we actually um, revel in this story this history of of this even those that know it best we come away uh, with with this wonder and amazement this is you know the thing with. Advent is, you know, you get into it, you know, here you have uh, a wonderful uh, divine message. It's distributable. It ought to be shared with everybody. But also, you know, as you, you talk about what we're looking forward to is coming again, it's a dangerous message as well. Yes. Those that have heard the Christmas message, whether they heard it in church or outside of the church, are under that um, under that knowledge. And uh, they're going to be judged according to the knowledge that they have, and that, and so it's a da- it's dangerous good news as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy the fact that there are people in my church during the month of December that may might not be there um, the other eleven months, and so this gives me an opportunity to um, very explicitly um, preach the gospel, and mm-hmm. hopefully, um, as they hear the call to faith. Um, that they'll put their faith in Jesus Christ and believe in the Christ that came. Mm -hmm. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. 